Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. You can be seated. Thank you, James. Great song leading this morning, by the way. Who loves our creative team? Doing an awesome job. Love our creative team. So good. Wow. You know, I, I just think, you know, we get, we get this opportunity with Real Heart every year, once a year, and uh, just a great opportunity. And I want to just pre, just thank anyone who's given already, or if you're going to, thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for impacting 4,000 families in one day. And uh, whatever you can do, whatever, prayerfully consider what you can do, whether it's giving or helping or both, um, we just love to have you on board uh, because we just love seeing people come to Jesus in this place. And we want the message of the love of Jesus to go out to our world. Amen. What a great opportunity we have. Uh, well, you know, we're going to dive into uh, the word and uh, really just launch into our new series today called 2020. And last week, uh, I shared the vision, and we had Vision Sunday here, and, and just shared the heart of, you know, our three statements of vision, which is influence people to Jesus, empower generations, and transform cities. And uh, I dived into that, and, and uh, what, what we found is that, um, you know, uh, we were able to really just dive into some key things for this year as well. How many know vision, it stays the same? Vision stays the same. It doesn't change every year. It's like, this is what we're here to do because vision is set by God. Uh, it's set by Jesus Christ. And our, our vision is really based off a of scripture that I'm going I'm to share again in a few moments uh, and really just dive into the word. But I just love the fact that vision is so important for our lives. You know, I remember 20 years ago, um, you know, probably people over the age of 35 would remember, um, you know, Y2K in the year 2000. Who remembers that? Yeah, so like 1999, and uh, everyone's just kind of you know, like drank the Kool-Aid really on, on what it was, you know, that all the, because we were crossing over and ticking over to a new millennium, uh, you know, everyone, the fear-mongering that, you know, all of our, the, the stock market was going to crash, our computer systems were going to fail, you know, we were going to be sent back to the dark ages, you know, and it's like, I got to tell you, man, someone made some money off that. Yeah, I got to tell you. And, uh, and so people were kind of, they, they, they drank the Kool-Aid, so to speak, on, uh, on this. And there, there was families I knew of and people that were, you know, stocking up on tin food and, you know, getting water bottles, massive water bottles and, you know, putting that away. And, uh, you know, come on, admit it. Was anyone here doing that? Yeah. No, no hands. Okay. All right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's okay if you did. It's fine. My dad got some big bottles of water too. Yeah. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm not real sure. Yeah. Just... Doing it, the neighbors are doing it, so we'll get some water. And I'm like, okay, I think it ended up going on his fruit trees, so yeah. But the, we, uh, you know, everyone was just kind of really caught up with this thing, and uh, and they, they kind of bought the vision, really, didn't they? And and the vision was, wasn't built on anything but fear, yeah. it was built off fear. And uh, and remember on New Year's Eve night, I, I grew up in Innisfail, and and uh, I, was, I was 20 years, I just turned 20, and it was New Year's Eve, and we're out at the festival, and everything was going on in town, and, and some genius that night, I thought it was the best, uh, found the main switch of the power for the whole town. <laughs> and you, you know what he did, yeah, and I don't know how he did it. But, but just before midnight, he surged the power and it all went out in town. It was the best joke in the world. I was laughing my head off. I thought, man, well done. 
so good. And, uh, and there were people screaming. There were, yeah, start, it was like, it wasn't a great moment. But yeah, it, um, but I just thought, wow, that, that's so cool. Five minutes later, it came back on again, and we were, all, we were all good to go, and everything kept ticking over. It was quite amazing. My watch just ticked over, and my phone ticked over. It was, it was pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, uh, how many know that um, vision built off fear is, is, is not a great motivator? It's not a great motivator, but vision built off love is a great motivator. It's always a great motivator. We sang the song this morning, it's extravagant, your love. It's, I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend the love that God has for us as people. You know, what a heart of God that we, in our own sin, in our own mess, pulled away from relationship with God, yet God never demanded anyone to pay the price for the sins of humanity. He sent his only son. And, you know, the, the great heartbeat of God and the great story of God is for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have an eternal life. And see, the, the heartbeat of God is to call people back unto himself. He wants to call the nations back unto himself. That, that's the heartbeat of God. And, uh, and so vision built on God's love for us, oh, wow, that's a motivator. Um, uh, we're, we're far more motivated. We'll go a further distance when we know the motivation in our heart is based on the love of God. And see, that is the heartbeat that God has for us. And uh, this scripture that our vision is based upon, it's from uh, uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And it says this, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, over these next three Sundays, what we're going to do with 2020 is we're going to focus in on each uh, step of our vision. And, uh, and today, I wanted to dive into uh, influencing people to Jesus. And uh, we just believe that 2020 is about that 2020 focus. And uh, I just love it. It's the only time you can ever really do it, isn't it? Like, and uh, with the year 2020. And I just thought, wow, this is a great name for us to really just say, hey, this is why we're here. And this is what we're about. And this is who we are. And, uh, and, and everything that we are is built... Uh, really off the Great Commission. It's built off the vision that Jesus launched into his own ministry with, which was this, you know, and, and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and lays out all these different steps because the Spirit of God is upon us, not just so we feel nice, even though we do, we feel great when the Spirit of God is upon us and, and he restores and heals and transforms our own lives, but all oh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us because. There's always a reason He's anointed us for purpose, amen? And, uh, and, and so where we get influencing people to Jesus is from the statement that Jesus made where he said we're here to preach the gospel to the poor. And see, the heartbeat of that is, is that everyone is poor in spirit in some way. You know, there's a poverty in spirit because of sin. And the Bible teaches that and us that really clearly, lays it out in Romans for us really well, showing that, that sin actually is spiritual death on the inside. There's no connection with our Creator, with our God. And, and, and sometimes people are wandering around and they, they don't know that, that they think, you know, life is just make the next dollar, just get through life, survive, try and do the best I can, you know. But, but we don't realize that we're actually made for a purpose. We're actually made to have a relationship with God. 
to have a connection with God. And even if uh, we don't, a person who is not a Christian doesn't understand that, God still loves all people and wants to connect with every single person on this planet so that people can understand that, hey, I want to bring life where there's been death. I want to bring life to your world. And see, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live spiritually on the inside. And that's what this is about. It's about bringing life and hope and freedom that Jesus laid his life down for, rose from the dead for. We are here to join this mission and join this vision of reaching our world for Jesus. So this part, first part of our vision of influencing people to Jesus is about salvation. It is about connecting people to Jesus Christ. And everything we do as a church, every ministry, every life group, every intention and motivation and purpose is to connect people to Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. We're unashamed of who Jesus is. We're unashamed or unapologetic that He is God and He is Lord. And we want to be able to really bring that to the forefront of every single thing we do. So when Real Heart happens this week and anyone who's serving in that, we're taking Jesus to our world. That's what it's about. We may not be overtly preaching to people there, but through the message of love, through the act of generosity and the act of service, we're saying Jesus loves you. And, uh, and, and that's one part of it as well. But, you know, I want to I share two keys today. I believe really wrap up in what influencing the people to Jesus is all about. Because there's kind of a two part to this as well. And the first is this, is to know God. That's why we do this. Because we want people that have no idea about God and maybe you don't even believe He exists to come on a journey of knowing God. And see, that, that includes us as well, that it's not just about salvation for our lives that maybe happened 20 years ago or, or five years ago or 40 years ago, but we go on a journey of knowing God throughout our lives, don't we? See, knowing God doesn't just happen at salvation. We get the 10 points and then we're good to go. No, no, we go every single day. There is a journey of going deeper in our relationship with God. You know, I love that Paul said in Ephesians 1, 15 to 17, he said, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you consistently, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. See, God wants us to grow in a deeper relationship with Him. We're a Christian today, and we've been a Christian for a while. God doesn't want us to just get to a point where we just know enough. Or God doesn't want us to just get to a point in our walk, and our journey, where we know about God and we have a lot of knowledge about God. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. There's a big difference. You know, I, when I was in grade nine, I had uh, many great debates in my science class with my science teacher that knew the Bible very, very well. He was an atheist, didn't believe in God, but he knew the Bible. He knew a lot about God, knew a lot about the Bible, but we had a lot of great conversations because, and, and sometimes he would get a little stumped at 14 years old because I was like, I don't want backing down for nobody, you know? And, uh, and, and so we had, we had some good debates, and, uh, but, but there was something I knew that I couldn't really outmatch his intellect but I knew I knew God. And that was the difference. That was the difference that it always just came back to relationship at the end of the day. And, uh, and, and so, you know, I really believe that, you know, God, God's heartbeat and God's heartbeat and His love for us, 
He wants to draw us to a place where we are growing in our knowledge of Him as well. See, it's not just about the fact that God knows us. God knows us. He knows the count of the number of hairs on our head. It's more for others than it is for some, you know. And uh, it's like, it's not much counting for God for me. But yeah, it's like, it's like you're good. You know, it took an hour, you know. But, you know. but for others, it was like, you know, he knows the count of the number of hairs on our head. And that, that's amazing. That means he knows us. God knows us. Christianity isn't a journey of God knowing us. Christianity is a journey of us knowing God. Going on a journey of knowing him in a greater way and not just, I just pray that as Christians, we, we never get to a place where, we're, where we, we think, I know enough. My relationship with God's at a good place. It's enough. Hey, we should have a heartbeat inside of us that says, God, I want to go deeper. Your mercy is new every morning. That means God has something new something fresh for us every single day. How can he do that? God is, God is wondrous. I love the Psalms. There's, God, we, we stand in awe of who God is and of his wonder and his majesty. And, and when, when God is wondrous, we can come in his extravagance and, 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 and grow in depth in that relationship with God every single day. You know, the, it, it can go deeper and deeper and deeper. You, know, you don't get there. It's not like you get to a point where I know everything about God. I'm good. Do you know that we're going to spend eternity still discovering more about who God is? Eternity. We will never stop discovering the wonder of who God is. We will never stop. Because everything of our existence begins and ends with Him. It's not like God just kind of adds in. No, no. We're here because He's here. Our existence is because of God. And so we will go on an eternal journey of knowing and going deeper in this side of eternity, oh man, let's not just wait. Let's not just wait until eternity, until the other side, before we go into a deeper relationship with God. Let's, let's make every day count. Psalm 90, 12. Teach me to number my days so I may gain a heart of wisdom. The way we gain a heart of wisdom is really knowing God, fearing God for who He is. And I love a great story of, um, you know, early last century, uh, there was this party, uh, this, this kind of kind of upper class type party that was happening, and uh, I think it was based in England. And um, and at this party, there was a, a, an actor, an a great orator that turned up uh, to the party. And and as they were as they were kind of you know went through dinner and and came to the other side, and it was kind of like uh, the host asked this particular actor. He said, "Hey, would you be able to recite for us Psalm 23?" Um, would you kind of like, could you do a performance, so to speak? And uh, so, so he says, yeah, I'd love to. So he gets up and, and, he, and he recites Psalm 23, which is, you know, the, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, let, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And most would know that scripture. But Psalm 23, if you've never, ever, never read it before, please read it. It's amazing. And so he says this whole, whole scripture verse by verse. And at the end, everyone just claps and applauds him and it was just so eloquent and beautifully presented and uh and and straight after he finishes this this older lady it's like she's frail she's so old she comes up to the host and kind of slowly walks her way up to the host and she says would you allow me to be able to recite psalm 23 as well and so so he says yes yes absolutely we'd love for this for you to do that so everyone kind of settles and and she starts and she recites Psalm 23. And it's a lot slower and a lot less eloquent than the actor and the orator. 
And she, as she begins to flow through, the presence of God fills that whole house and that whole living room, and everyone begins to weep. They've been crying and crying. Because the presence of God and the conviction of God and who God is comes over everyone in the house. And, uh, and so, you know, she finishes, and, and at the end of the whole night, everyone's heading home, and the host goes up to the, the actor and he says, Hey, you know what? You know, that was great. Thank you for reciting Psalm 23 for us. But I just, I just got a question. You know, everyone applauded you and you eloquently delivered, uh, you know, Psalm 23 so well. So, but, you know, when this older woman, it wasn't as good in her present presentation, but everyone's weeping and crying and so moved. He said, oh, that's simple. That's so simple. He said, here's the reason. I knew the psalm. She knew the shepherd. That's the difference. And see, for all of us, we're called to go on a journey of knowing the shepherd, of knowing God, not just knowing about him, bumping around him really and seeing what God's doing in others' lives, but to have a relationship with God that's going deeper and deeper and deeper. We want to know God and we want to go on that journey of knowing God. And you know that the the scripture that we just shared, you know, um, Paul said this in Ephesians 1.17. Uh, he said, I pray that you consistently, uh, for you consistently, asking God, the glorious Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Now, I want to take that to another translation of Ephesians 1.17 that actually says this, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. To know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Now, that's very different to knowing about God, isn't it? But it's going on a journey of knowing God. You know, Psalm, uh, Psalm says this great statement. It says, you know, the people of Israel, uh, uh, so, you know, people of Israel knew the acts of God. They saw what God did, but Moses knew his ways. You know what that means is, is that Moses knew God. <laughs> that was the difference. Is that those who know their God shall do great exploits. Why? Because they have a relationship with God. They're walking a journey of knowing God and deepening that every single day. And I want to encourage you today, if you're on this journey with us here at City Edge Church, I want to encourage you, let's go on a step day by day of knowing God, of knowing Him in a greater way, of going deeper in our, in our walk with Jesus, knowing God the Father, His personality of God the Father, knowing God the Son, Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, our King, and knowing God the Holy Spirit. You know, God three in one, to go on that journey of knowing Him and, and that upward relationship with God, uh, that we would constantly be in that place. No matter where your life is right now, what, what's going on in your world right now, I want to encourage you, you can take a step to Jesus. You can take a step closer to Him every single day. Whether you are searching Christianity out and you're wanting to know more about it, man, I want to tell you Jesus is amazing and He can change your life for the better and in an amazing way, more than you'd ever imagine in your life. You are a Christian. You've been a Christian for a while. But maybe things have got a little stale in your life. Maybe they've just got a little kind of like, man, I haven't prayed in a long time. I haven't taken any steps toward God. I want to encourage you. Hey, want to make today a decision. It says, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back again. I'm going to go deeper again. I'm going to open up my Bible again. I'm going to begin to pray again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into a life group this year and get amongst community and other people and start to grow on the journey of knowing Jesus and knowing God. Amen. So when we look at influencing people to Jesus, I want us to know that that includes us. That includes our lives, that we're on a journey every single day of knowing God. You know, the second part of the vision is that we're in influencing people to Jesus is that we're here to, to influence others 
to know God. We're here to be conduits for God to move through, for others to be impacted for Jesus Christ in the world around us. And Colossians 1, 28 to 29 says this, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with tireless intensity, with His power flowing through me, to present to every believer the revelation of being His perfect one in Jesus Christ. Now, I love that Paul, the apostle, wrote uh, this scripture out of Colossians. And, uh, and I love how he started this. He said, Christ is our message. Or Christ is the message. You know, if you read... Uh, you know, through the, through the New Testament, you'll find that Paul the Apostle actually wrote 60% of the New Testament. And uh, many of his letters that he wrote, he wrote them in prison in chains. And, uh, and so uh, most of his letters and most of the scripture that he wrote out was really about helping people take their next step to Jesus. That's what it was about, encouraging churches. Hey, let's get into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Let's keep going on the journey together. Most of what he was saying was, was, hey, this is about us as the church growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. But he always brought people back to the fact that, hey, let's take the gospel to our world around us as well. Let's just not keep it for ourselves. Let's not just allow this to be, oh, this is my journey with God. Oh, no, let's let the gospel shine through our lives. Let's let the, the impact of Jesus and His life and His love and His hope that has so transformed our lives, oh, let's take that to the world around us. Let's allow our lives to be a conduit for God to move through to impact the people in our world. Christ is the message. He is the message you know, God loves that we are on a journey ourselves. And I'm speaking to the Christian right now. God loves that we want to know Him. God loves that we want to go deeper in our relationship with Him. But I, Because He loves us so much and He wants that relationship. But you know what beats in the heart of God as well? Is those that don't know Him. Those that are far from Him. Those that are, we work with every day those that we do life with in school or at, in our university, people that we're beside on the treadmill in the gym or people that we see in our local coffee shop every, maybe every morning, you know, our neighbors around us, there are people around our world and we have a platform of influence wherever we go that we are here to connect people to Jesus Christ. God wants to use us. He wants to use us. I've heard of people having dreams of God visiting them and pictures of Jesus and amazing things like that happening. That's awesome when God does that. And I pray He does more of that. But you know what? In most cases, God uses us. God uses us to present Jesus to the world. Now, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. Jesus is perfect. And we're on a journey of becoming more like Him every day. But I love the fact that we get to take Him everywhere we go everywhere we go, to be switched on to Jesus. And, and I love this, is that God, God's heart has moved. In 1 Timothy 2, 3 to 4, says, This is good, and it is pleasing to the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Everyone say, all people. All people. You know, that means everyone in our world. That means our family that doesn't know Jesus. That means our friends around us that don't know Jesus. That means people we work with that don't know Jesus. Everyone that we are connected to. And I want you to know today, God has placed you where you are for a reason. 
He's placed you in your job for a reason. Whether you like it or not, you're there for a season or however long, or maybe you, you've had a long career where you are, but I want to tell you, you're there for a reason. To impact those people, your boss, or maybe you are the boss, to impact people that work for you, to impact them for Jesus Christ. You know, I, I just believe that God wants to be involved in every part of our lives and, and not just kind of, uh, you know, on Sunday or, or in our own private time when we're with God or in life group, but God wants us to take Jesus everywhere we go to show Him to the world around us. You know, I said this a few weeks ago on Australia Day, the world doesn't need less Jesus. The world needs more Jesus right now. Secular culture that's trying to push Jesus out of the picture, push Him out. You know, we're the ones, ambassadors for Christ, that are, hey, we're walking Him in everywhere. Everywhere we're going. It doesn't matter how much society tries to push Christianity out, push Jesus out. You know, God's always got a way supernaturally and sovereignly that He's going to bring the move of God to a workplace, to a university, to a neighborhood, to a community, to a city. And you know, God wants to use us. And I love what Paul said. He said, he said Christ is the message. You know, that can become very universal, that statement, can't it? You know, we all agree, yeah, Christ is the message. Absolutely. He is the message. But I want to shift that a little bit more and make that a bit more personal today. That Christ is my message. Christ is my message. That's a little bit more personal, isn't it? So today, Christ is the message and He's the greatest message of all to bring to our world. But there's something powerful about when it becomes the fact that, you know what? Christ is my message that I'm going to bring to my world around me. And I'm going to, I'm going to take wherever I go. Because it's very easy to kind of, kind, of, kind of, you know, make it a bit more cosmic, a bit more universal, isn't it? Christ is the message and someone needs to do something about that, you know? Okay, come on now. Yeah. To, to Christ is my message and I'm going to do something about yeah, that. Yeah. I'm, going to, I'm going to do something. And, and I'm going to tell you today, the little things are the big things. Yeah. No matter where we are, what we do, yeah. God wants to move through our lives even in the small things, in the acts of generosity to those that uh, we're connected with in our world around us, to, to the acts of love, of service, to being there for someone who's maybe walking through a tough season in their life that doesn't know God, that doesn't have a connection to Jesus Christ. Maybe they're struggling through a divorce. Maybe there's issues with their kids. Maybe there's financial struggles going on. But, you know, everyone has a story today. Every single person has a story. Everyone in this room right now in this auditorium has a story and God loves us, and He's involved in our story. But God loves those who don't know Him, and God wants to be involved in their story. And He's using us to be able to connect to somebody else's story, to somebody else's life. Maybe there's been abuse. Maybe there's been hurt. And sometimes from the outward cover, you can't see what, what's going on in someone's past. You can't see what's going on in their world. You know, because some, sometimes people rock up to work and they got, look like they got it all together, but maybe inside they're screaming out and crying out for answers and for hope and for life. And you and I, we carry that, don't we? And we can be that conduit for God to, to even the, the small things of being an answer in a moment. And we can't be the answer for everything. That's not even possible for any of us to do that. But I tell you what, if we're led by the Holy Spirit, yeah. we can be an answer in the moments we need to. We can, we, can, we can stay back later after work to talk to that person 
We can go up and be, you know, and, and just check on how someone's going in their life. We can, we can take those steps. And sometimes it's even in the services and the act of generosity to make a meal for someone or to uh, just be generous, take someone out for a meal or, 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 or just even the simple things. Let me make a real practical right now to mow your neighbor's lawn or to do something for your neighbor, to do something around you. See, the simplest things can sometimes connect someone when they start to say, no one's ever done that for me before. Why are you doing that? Take a rose into our, our three major high schools in our city. It goes in there and, and a teenager, young lady grabs that rose and says, man, I didn't think anyone loved me. Wow. As Pastor Nick said this morning, I thought I was worthless. I've never been told I'm loved in my home. You've got no idea what some of our teenagers go home to when they've been here on a Friday night. The pain that they struggle with in their lives because of their home life. And that's just teenagers that we're reaching right now. Can you imagine there's, there's, there's teenagers going home and they, they have, they have, there's no hope around them right now. And we get to bring that hope to our world. We get to show that love in one moment. And maybe you can't be involved physically, but you could so financially or be a part of that in some way. But I, I, man, I, our heart has moved to reach the lost for Christ. That's why we do this. Oh man, if it was up to like, you know, easing the workload, we wouldn't do it. Isn't that right, Pastor Nick? That's right. Pastor Joe. I mean, there's, there's kind of hair getting tore out of Nick's hair sometimes, you know. We're trying to pull this thing together and make it happen. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy to make this happen. But at the front of it is love. Love. Because it's the greatest motivator of all. There's nothing greater is the love of God that God has for us. Oh Lord, you love me so much that you saved me that somebody evangelized to my life. Somebody witnessed to me someday. Someone did something generous for my life. Someone took the time out of their day, out of their busy schedule to make sure that I heard the gospel. Someone did. Thank God for that person. And God wants to use us to be that someone for someone else. Amen. We never underestimate the small moments. So what do we do in our busy schedule? And our, we all have busy lives. We all have big things going on in our lives. What can we do? And I, I want to say the first thing we can do is we can pray for them. We can pray for the lost. We can pray for those who are far from God in our lives. It's one of the greatest things we can do, you know, to move our own hearts for, for, for lost people. But I want to tell you today that... that Someone who's far from God, it is not natural to get saved. You've got to understand that this is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing for someone to be called to Christ. The Bible says in John 6.44 that no one comes to Christ unless the Father draws them. They're going to be drawn supernaturally by God. So God calls people to Himself. And so you and I, when we, when we consciously make a decision, Lord, I'm going to pray for my lost, my lost family and friends and people around me that are far from God. And I want to encourage you today, we've got a great resource on our Connect station of Pray First. And we handed this out in our Genesis series like in January. And if you don't have one already, they're free. We, you know, we, they're paid for. You can go and grab one from our Connect station. And if we run out, we'll make more for you. Uh, we can print them off. We can print stacks of them off in a moment. Uh, but this is such an amazing resource. But there's page 50 of this resource starts of praying for those who need God. And there are different prayers in there that you can, you can walk through for someone who needs to know Jesus in their lives. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all sorts of amazing prayers in there. And I, I, I just, I love this prayer at the end. 
about people coming to the knowledge of who God is. Uh, It's just an amazing prayer. And it says this, Father, I pray for the people around me to experience the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that they would truly understand their spirit, spiritual condition and see what Jesus did for them on the cross. Help them to have the information and experiences needed to come to you so they can understand all you have for them. What a great prayer. What an amazing prayer to pray for a family member that's far from God. What an amazing prayer to pray over, over someone you work with and, and to, to help them spiritually. You know, you know, the enemy tries to bind people and cloud them with deception. And this prayer's in there of breaking the power of the enemy so the deception can lift off them so that God's truth can get there. So oftentimes people are walking around in a daze and a cloud and that's exactly where the devil wants them. Wants them bound in sin bound and he don't mind if you go on believing there's no God. You go on believing that when we just came and we're just a collection of cells together as Pastor Nick shared this morning. We just came from nothing, exist for nothing and we'll die for nothing. I don't, I don't want to live for that kind of agenda. That's not a great vision personally for me. I believe there's more to existence than that. There's more to this life than that. We were created by a loving God that loves us. But it takes prayer to break deception off a person's mind. So they can be freed enough to go, oh man, why why am I thinking about God all of a sudden? Why do I feel like I need to go to church all of a sudden? Oh man, that's that's because there's someone praying for you. There's someone praying for you. They're breaking, pushing back the spirit realm from around your life. The devil's hold and bind around your life so you can be free freed enough to, oh wow, maybe there is a God. Maybe there is a God. So we've got to pray. You know, so that leads to the second part of, of really just the practical thing that we need to do is use the moments. That means take every opportunity. Take every moment that's there. You know, there's moments around us all the time and, and man, I'm, I'm as busy as the rest of us. I know what it's like to be full. I've got young, three young children. I know what it's like to have a full schedule. I, but I know when the Holy Spirit is impressing upon my heart, say, I want you to talk to that person. I want you to do this. And I want to encourage us today. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to impress upon us in those moments in our day. Let's allow Him to, to do that in our lives. Because sometimes, man, man, I've been in those moments. I remember man, so many moments when my neighbor has been home. And it's the busiest day, man. So busy. You get home, you're like... Oh, I'm not ready to talk right now. I don't want to talk to anybody. I've got to come home, do this, and then I've got to go out again. And it's like, and he's sitting at the fence. It's like, it's many moments. But I've got to say, some of those moments that, that I, I said, you know what? Yep, I'm going to talk. I had one the other day with his son the other day, and I was like, oh man, I just got to do this right now. And I was like, no, God's like, no, you talk to him, you, you'd be ready. And uh, I was happy to chat with him and talk for about 15 minutes. Just another step closer in relationship and connection. And, and uh, he ain't ready for the gospel yet. He's not there yet. But I don't know if he's going to be if I don't talk to him. So we have those moments around us all the time. And I want to encourage us in that. Hey, sometimes the little things make up for the big things in our lives. And uh, there's people around us everywhere. You know, it's a great story, and I'll close with this. There was a man that lived in Sydney, 
And for 40 years, he would go to the heart of Martin Place in Sydney and hand out gospel tracts. If you remember gospel tracts, if you're under the age of 25, we've got the internet now, but that's something we used to do. All right, and, uh, and, but gospel tracts had the gospel message on it and you know, at the, at the back was like a prayer that you could pray and that was something we did, you know, you did before the internet, okay? And, and, and he would take that out every single, uh, mo- most days, he would go to Martin Place and, and hand out gospel tracts. And, uh, and, you know, for 40 years he did this and for 40 years he didn't see one person get saved. He didn't lead anyone to Christ in 40 years. Now there was a British preacher, evangelist, that traveled the world, it's quite well known. And, uh, and, when he would go to different places and ministries and churches, he would ask the pastor or the leader, you know, when, how did you get saved? How did you get saved? And, and he began to get these similar stories that were lining up and these connection points that were happening. It was like, oh, one particular story was, oh, I was in Sydney. I was there on business. And, um, and, you know, I walked out of my hotel and the man came up and handed me this gospel track. And I was rude to him. But I walked away and then I jumped on my flight and I went home, but I read that thing. And I, I felt the conviction of God and I, w- I got into a church when I got home. And, and, and this, this preacher, story after story after story after story, it all connected back to this one man. This one man. And so the next time he, he started to gather all the information and list off the countless people that were, had been, I guess, influenced through this one man and him being bold enough to hand out tracks in Sydney. And, uh, and, and, he, and he went to Sydney and he tracked him down. And he lived in this little suburb in, 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 uh, near Cronulla called Gaimia. And, um, and he found his address and, you know, knocked on the door. And he said, Lord, Lord, I hope he's still alive. And, um, and, and sure enough, this 90-year-old man comes to the door and opens it up. He was frail. He was old. And, uh, and, and the preacher, he said, look, I just want to let you know this is, uh, you know, I'm a preacher. I'm an evangelist. I, I've heard of a great story of your life. I've heard of, a, you know, some great things that I want to share with you. Would, would you be able to talk with me he said yes come in come in and he went and made him a cup of tea and they sat down and and he said hey you were the one that that handed out the gospel tracts for all those years weren't you and he said yes that was me he said if you don't mind me asking did you ever see anyone saved in that time and he said no no I didn't and he said well can I tell you some stories can I let you know some stories that I have for you today and so one after the other, he'd be in a list off, list off, list off, all the countless stories of all these, ama- these people across the world over the leading great churches, uh, ministries, people that he had connected across the world uh, that all led their salvation back to this one man that was bold enough to take a track and just hand it to people that sometimes were very rude to him. Wow. Wow. And, and, you know, and here's this man, 90 years of age, weeping. So he began to realize, oh, wow, God, you did something. You did something through my life. And he, he, he passed away not too long after that. He would have found out in heaven anyway. But at the end of the day, wasn't that a great moment? So this is what I want to say is that every step counts. Every moment matters. And we can't just think, oh, man, my little thing is not going to make any difference. It's not going to do anything. It doesn't matter. No, no, God uses everything. He uses the little things and the big things. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to lead our lives, hey? So He can use us to connect other people to Jesus. We're here to influence people to Jesus. This is what we're about, amen.